0: Hello and welcome to mini episode 66 of Real Life Ghost Stories. How you do? I have four gorgeous listener stories for you today and the last story in today's episode is from June the 17th 2020. Are you ready? Never ready. And story number one comes from Vita. This story comes from a recent trip to New York. I arrived at my Airbnb at 5am and found someone asleep in the bedroom that was supposed to be mine. Apparently there was a wild group of Germans staying there in the room next to me. One of them just came home drunk and went to the wrong room. There was no worries though. The hosts were super cool and I loved the place. There were two rooms downstairs and four rooms upstairs. It was me and the Germans at one end of the hall and two empty rooms at the other end. I had a long day of work the next day so I headed to bed early that night. At around 3am I woke up to the sound of someone walking around in what sounded like heavy boots downstairs. I choked it up to the Germans just getting home from a night out and didn't think anything more of it. The boots slowly came up the stairs and down the hallway towards our rooms, and I didn't hear them for a few seconds. And then, I heard them as clear as day, right next to my bed. I snapped up in bed, ready to tell a drunk dude that he had gotten the wrong room. But there was no one there. I turned on the light and felt that eerie sense of being watched. I figured the walls were probably just super thin, and I could hear them walking around in the room next to me or something. The next morning I came downstairs to find the host just arriving home, and he asked how I slept. I said I slept good, heard the Germans coming home from a night out, and I was jealous that I couldn't partake. He asked what I was talking about, as the Germans had checked out the night before, and I was the only one in the house that night. The next night, I again went to bed early, and I proceeded to have the most realistic dream that I was in my house, and I looked out into the backyard to see a strange man staring at me and petting my dog. I'd never seen this man before, and I went outside to get him the fuck away from my pup and to see what he wanted. He picked up a garden trowel, raised it above his head, and the next thing I see is blue sky. I realised that he had slit my throat and I was looking up from the ground and I couldn't breathe. I woke up to the feeling of being choked and in real life I couldn't breathe. I was grabbing my throat and finally able to take a breath and I realised that I was standing. I was standing up next to the bed where I heard those boots. My nose started bleeding, straight up like Stranger Things style. I've no idea why because I never get nosebleeds and it only lasted a second. It was so random. Anyway, needless to say I changed to a room downstairs and still the host keeps hitting me up to write him a glowing review. Despite him being so kind and wonderful I can't bring myself to tell people to stay there. This next story happened while I was in college, a few years ago. There was an old house on the edge of campus that had been converted into music practice space. All the bedrooms had pianos in them upstairs and on the first floor, and the basement was the only renovated area with soundproof booths for practicing. The other rooms were completely original, with paintings still hanging on the walls and everything. There was a security guard, who sat at a desk inside the front door, and at 3am would go around and check all the rooms before closing. I was rehearsing in an upstairs room which had an attached bathroom and wanted to record what I was working on all night. So I started the video and immediately the bathroom door creaked open. Since I was recording, I was frustrated that I had to start over. So I got up and closed the door, ready to get back to it. A few moments later, the door to the bedroom opened. I thought, "Okay, this must be a cross-draft situation or something. So I got up and closed that door. Not even a second later, the bathroom door opened again. Then the bedroom door opened. Now I was getting a little freaked out, so I opened the bedroom door to see if anyone was there messing with me, only to see a completely pitch black hallway. I looked at the time. It was 3.30. The building was closed. I was alone in the dark in an upstairs bedroom of this creepy mansion. I guessed the guard hadn't checked the rooms or couldn't hear me, which was strange as I was playing a grand piano. I frantically packed up my stuff and ran out of the building and it felt like something was right behind me the whole way. I got back to my room and opened my camera to see if I was able to get any video of the rehearsal. When I got up to shut one door, a shadow passed over the wall where I was sitting at the piano before the other door opened. I showed this to my friends, who said that it must have been my own shadow, but who knows. I found out after that lots of people have had weird experiences in this place, like paintings turning upside down and other prank-like stuff. I hope it's a little ghost there having fun messing with us.
1: Because the prospect of someone coming in or hearing someone coming into your room and then there not being anybody there is so scary. I'm desperately racking my brains to try and think of a logical explanation for why V to heard that when there was nobody else booked into the Airbnb. I was thinking maybe exploding head syndrome, but then they they sounded really conscious.
0: And exploding head syndrome is instantaneous, from what I know. Like it's a split second thing. It's yeah. not a long drawn out hear the footsteps downstairs and then hear the footsteps in your room and if you are staying in an airbnb or a hotel and somebody came into your room you would presume that somebody had gotten the wrong room well, definitely that would be my first thought my first thought would not be ghosts
1: and then but then when you look and there's no one there that means it is ghosts and that's not a good prospect either having stayed in like hostels and stuff like that there's something you you always tend to be a bit more on edge as well when you sleep in those places so the chances are the vita was actually more awake than they would have been if they were in their own house so that makes it even less likely that it was some kind of thing and actually more likely that it was paranormal, which is quite terrifying, as is the experience in the practice room.
0: Or rather the practice spooky mansion.
1: Yes. And being shut in there is, is horrible. I've been shut in a school before when it's closed by accident because nobody realized I was there. But to be fair to them, I wasn't playing a grand piano. So
0: No, and uh, uh, this is not the first story we've had of creepy piano practice rooms. Is it a prerequisite of piano practice rooms that they must be a certain level of creepy? I don't know. But this is definitely not the first creepy piano room practice story situation that we've had.
1: I wonder if it's something to do with music being quite emotive. Could be like that could just generate emotions and they could linger.
0: And story number two comes from SP. I've always loved weird and creepy stuff. So the last time I was in Hawaii, I was checking out Facebook Marketplace for something uniquely Hawaiian or American to take home. And I saw a Ouija board in its box with notes for $20. I messaged the seller as he wasn't too far from where my wife and I were staying in the North Shore. And he was fine with me picking it up from his house the next day. I told my wife and she was okay with me buying one, but I had to post it home and not fly with it on us. And that felt pretty reasonable to me. She didn't want to come with me to pick it up, so took the rental car to this clapboard house about 20 minutes up the road from Turtle Bay. The place looked okay, it was well kept. Pretty rural looking, but that's par for the course away from the touristy parts of the island. There was an overgrown garden and maybe it was in need of a repaint. I knocked on the door and this guy answered. Native Hawaiian, killer mustache. He invited me in to have a look at it. The box was all good, it was tidy and the notes that were in there were just gibberish, and the owner said they were his mother's who used to write when she used it, and they didn't make any sense to him. I said I'd take it, but I would give him extra to post it. And his face just dropped. He said, No, you have to take it with you, I I can't send it to you. I assured him that I would be happy to pay the postage, and he said... That's not the point. I don't want it coming back. Feeling pretty freaked out being in a stranger's house in a foreign country, I just said, don't worry about it, mate, I'll give it a miss. And I went to the front door to get to the car. I just got my ass out the door and it slammed hard behind me. I took a few more fear-driven quick steps bordering on a run and looked back and I could see this guy in the kitchen standing in the same spot he was in when I turned to walk out. There is no way he could have gotten back there if he followed me to the door to slam it behind me. I just hope there was someone else in the house that I didn't notice. Otherwise, yikes.
1: SP, one of the many things that I've learnt from watching horror movies is that if someone really, really wants to get rid of something, you don't want it. (laughs) it's probably quite a good rule for life in general actually
0: (laughs) this literally sounds like the start of a horror film or the you know the Dibbic Box story where it's like people just keep trying to sell it and get rid of it and the bloody thing keeps coming back no all of this is a big old no you know bring back bring back a little souvenir a little trinket not a Ouija board
1: (laughs) there's no way I would have let you take it either just saying you would have had to have posted it if you were with me as well
0: yeah I actually think that's a very sensible idea like I don't believe in Ouija boards as such as in as in I'm aware they exist they are very real things, but you know <laughs> what I mean um but I still would be like that thing is not coming on the plane, okay, planes are already scary enough. I already don't understand how this big metal container is in the air that I don't understand the physics behind it. I don't need the added insecurity of a Ouija board
1: as much as I fear Ouija boards Ouija boards i I'm also very envious or admiring of people that have the attitude that they see something as creepy as that and go, yeah, that's what I want. I want an old Ouija board with some old lady's automatic writing. That's definitely what I want to take home from holiday. If you are that brave, I am envious of your bravery.
0: It is kind of cool, though. And like if you had that displayed in your house, like what a cool conversation starter. Genuinely, I wouldn't personally have it displayed in my house. But it, but it would be a good conversation starter right
1: if you do ever have it displayed in your house you might not have to be living in your house anymore just letting you know
0: <laughs> and story number three comes from christian when i was five years old i came to this country as an immigrant i had just survived a devastating earthquake in mexico city that killed thousands of people My mother, who had been working in California for nearly three years, decided to send for me so that I could join her in the United States. As many undocumented workers of the time, we did not have much money and the trip was a harrowing one, requiring a lot of money and planning. When I arrived in California, I realised that things were not as idyllic as my mother, who I hardly knew, had painted them to be. We lived in a small home, one we shared with an uncle, his wife and their two daughters. This small house only had two bedrooms and each family occupied one room. It was cramped and tense. My father, sadly, was a struggling alcoholic and I endured countless years of domestic violence along with my mother, who had her own traumas and bad habits which exacerbated the situation. As a result of so much trauma and turmoil, I really believe there are entities. What they are or what their purpose is, I'm not quite sure, nor do I care to know and these entities have followed my family for decades. I have countless stories to tell, but this one is the first. It is one that has remained a mystery to me, and I still do not know what to make of it. In 1985, an aunt from Mexico had come to visit us in California. We still lived in this small home, so there was no room for her to sleep, so she had to sleep on the pull-out sofa in the living room. On this night, there was a heavy storm, replete with lightning and thunder. It was a typical storm, nothing peculiar about it. The following day, I, still five years old, woke up to a beautiful and sunny day. It was the weekend, so I was glad to be able to go outside and play on the old swing set the previous tenant had left on the property. During breakfast, my aunt told us that she had had a terrible nightmare during the storm. Recalling now the details of her story, it sounded like a case of sleep paralysis. According to her, she had woken up in the middle of the night, unable to move except for her eyes. As she scanned the room, she noticed a dark figure, a man dressed in black, standing in the corner of the room just staring at her. She panicked, but couldn't move or scream. Suddenly, she shook herself fully awake and the figure was gone. I remember my parents reassuring her that it was just a nightmare, one probably brought on by the storm. I did not give my aunt's story much thought. I wanted to go outside to play. My two cousins and I hurriedly ate our breakfast and rushed out to the back door. The ground was wet and muddy and littered with white rose petals that had fallen because of the rain. My father had planted roses on the property and they had grown throughout the backyard. We played for a while until my older cousin, who must have been around 13 at the time, bent over to pick up one of the rose petals from the ground. She stared intently at it and then called us both over. As I walked over to her, she handed the petal to me and picked up two more. I took it from her and began to inspect it myself. It was then that I noticed the writing. There were letters inside the rose petals. They did not make any sense, just mixed up letters inside the delicate skin The letters themselves looked printed, almost typed, into the rose petal. At first, we thought it may have been the soles of our shoes. Maybe as we stepped on the fallen rose petals, our shoes imprinted the writing onto the roses, but the skin of the petal was not broken or damaged. Add to this the fact that our shoes did not have any writing on the sole, and we did not understand what it was then. What were we looking at? Sometimes eerie things happen and one or two people become the only witnesses. But in this case, there were three of us who experienced it. We called to our parents and they came out to see what we had seen. They were so taken aback by it that they called our neighbours and soon we had nearly half the neighbourhood in our backyard trying to figure out what happened. No one could make sense of it. And in time, we just forgot about it. You may ask yourself why we didn't call anyone else, perhaps involve the media or reach out to law enforcement. In the United States, undocumented populations tend to try to keep to themselves. We didn't want to draw any unwanted attention. Nevertheless, this became a part of my family's experience with strange events. And I grew up. Around 20 years later, I was living with my wife and children in a different city. My parents had moved several times since that initial event and my wife and I chose to live near them. After so many years, our past hardship had somewhat faded and the relationships I had with them had been mended. My mom and dad had three other children, none of which had been alive during the time of the initial incident. Like I said before, my family has experienced several paranormal and strange events but they happened with so much frequency that we just kind of learned to brush them off. Personally, I had relied on my faith, and had actively sought to distance myself from these events. I had asked God to dull my senses so I did not see, hear, or experience them any longer. One day, it was Halloween actually, I had come to visit my family. I had brought my siblings some candy and some fireworks, I was surprised to find my younger sister, she must have been 14 at the time, counting all the candy she'd collected on the kitchen table. Sitting next to her was a friend from school i had never met. And as they sorted through their sugary bounty, they were telling each other scary stories. Those stories you might read in middle school books that are more humorous than scary. I sat down and helped myself to a chocolate bar and asked them if they wanted to hear a strange story. They looked at me with delight and answered yes. I thought I would tell them the story of the rose petals. I began to recount the same events that I just wrote down. I told them that I had migrated to the US as a young child, that I lived in a very small house with my uncle and his family, that my aunt had been visiting, and that we had lived in a house that had big, beautiful roses planted in the backyard. As soon as I said the word roses... My sister's young friend gasped. Her eyes opened wide and she, with her voice trembling, asked me, Did the roses have words on them? I was taken aback by her corroboration to my story. I didn't know what to say. How did she know? For the next few minutes I sat and heard from her how an older cousin of hers had told her that when she was younger there was a storm, and that the following day the roses in her garden had this strange writing on the petals that didn't make any sense. She told me that what was strange about it was that during the night, her cousin's mom had sworn that she saw a dark figure inside their house. I thought I was the only one, but now I was intrigued at the idea that this same phenomenon happened to someone else, someone who had grown up a few cities away from where I grew up, Someone who could not possibly have known my story. I wonder if there are other people out there who have experienced the same thing. And I would love to hear about it.
1: My mind is in fragments. I cannot understand this story. Did the roses have letters on them from the storm or from the man? Or are all three things connected? Were the rose petals actually trying to spell something out, but each time they were found by children rather than adults? I I don't know what's going on here. It's got to be aliens, right?
0: This is the, one of the weirdest stories we've had in a really long time. Regularly, people message me if I do question boxes on Instagram and they say, do you believe all of the listener stories? I don't, and as I always respond, I don't really think about whether they're true or not. But this is one of those stories that's so bizarre that it can't be made up. You know, one of those kind of stories where you think if you were to sit down and make up a story, you wouldn't get to this because letters on rose petals that is then corroborated by somebody that you've never met before is mental. But also, I wondered if he is the beginning of an urban legend. Because what if this girl just heard heard the story from people who had witnessed his event mm. at the time, and he is the beginning of an urban legend? Because if he had said, oh, you know, this happened to my aunt many years ago, you'd say, oh, maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't happen, maybe it's just an urban legend. But it happened to him, and members of his family. So, what if he is the beginning of a local lore?
1: Why? I think I think you know. I think you're just overthinking this. The question, real question, is why are the letters on rose petals? How did they get there? Who spent the time writing them on there? Was it magic? What is it trying to tell us something? Is it the secret to the universe? I like what? Why? What is going on? I can't handle this.
0: And is the shadow man connected, or was it just? A coincidental case of sleep paralysis in both incidences.
1: The shadow man's got to be connected. He has to be. But I I still, I need to know more about these rose petals. Why?
0: (laughs) And I can't, aside from being undocumented, I can understand why you wouldn't involve anybody else. What would you say? You ring the police and go, look, I've got something really weird. I don't know how to explain this, but there's writing on my rose petals. Nobody's committing no crime. Like, what What do you even, what do, what do you do? The, like, you call the media and you say, look, this is really weird, but there's writing on the rose petals in my garden. And the media say, you did that yourself. We're not interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the whole thing is just mad.
1: That kind of plays into your fear about aliens, doesn't it, about not being believed? Because I don't know how you would be believed if you took this to the media. Like, what?
0: I'm not entirely sure why you keep bringing this back to aliens. I think it's very unnecessary, actually. <laughs> I think it's cruel and unnecessary and i and i don't think there's any need for it to keep bringing it back to aliens that's why i keep trying to focus on the man the shadowy man unless the shadowy man was an actual alien oh i hate this story now
1: that's what i meant i meant the shadow man was an alien everything is aliens the storm was the spaceship coming down the shadow man was the alien and the rose bells were the message that was trying to give us which was unfortunately picked up by five-year-old kids rather than someone that did something with it.
0: But um, surely, surely there is a better way, a less kind of poetic way to get a message across if you're an alien. If you have the power to print words on rose petals, then you have the power to print words on paper or just to go to like, I don't know, the president or somebody and say, hey, I've got a message. You know what I mean? Is there any need to be in a garden printing messages on rose petals? That is not a sentence I thought I would ever say.
1: What if it's part of the fact that because they're, they're organic and it's how they communicate. So it's easier for them to change. You don't know aliens. You don't know them.
0: No, I don't. I want to keep it that way. Thanks very much. I don't know them. I'm glad I don't know them. You know, you're saying that almost accusatory. You don't know aliens. Yeah, I know I don't aliens. I don't, I don't want to know them. They're not my friends. They're not welcome in my back garden. I don't have any roses in the back garden. But if I did, I sure as hell wouldn't want aliens printing their little cryptic messages all over them. And story number four comes from Kenny. I'm six foot two, 220 pounds and very muscular. Or so I'd like you to believe. My first story began when I was having a lovely picnic while on vacation and I was abducted by aliens. Freddy came to my rescue. He fought valiantly. As I was escaping, I encountered the black-eyed kids wanting me to invite them in. I was like... I don't even know these aliens. It would be rude to invite these random kids onto their spaceship without permission. I proceeded to Spartan kick them out of my way and return to my picnic before the potato salad could spoil. That was for Dan's benefit. I hope he enjoyed finally hearing a story about a lovely picnic. I'm originally from Alabama. My younger brother got back together with an old girlfriend who by then had a baby from another relationship. There was a period of time where we all lived together. I lived on the third floor of the building in Spring City. The building was on a slope, and if you used the back entrance, you'd need to go up three flights of the steepest stairs. The back stairwell was old-looking brick covered in dust, some paint spots, exposed pipes and creepy lighting. That is, if the lights worked at all. Bats and birds got in there on more than one occasion. The bottom flight of steps were stone. And the rest of the steps and each landing was made up of old metal plates. And if you stepped in certain spots, they made that loud, echoey, creaking, groaning sound. When the lights were out for weeks at a time last fall, I said if they didn't fix it by October, I would add special effects. They still hadn't fixed it by then, and ultimately I decided against it. That was all we needed, was for someone to get startled by an animatronic Grim Reaper and fall down the stairs, then it really would be haunted. My apartment itself wasn't so bad. The smoke detectors went off very easily as there was no vent over the stove. It could get drafty and being on the top floor made the wind really howl sometimes. Also, the bathroom door wouldn't latch so a draft could cause it to creak open. This is the apartment my brother moved in with me in his last month in Pennsylvania and also where my current roommate moved in with me. My roommate said he could sometimes sense bad vibes or bad juju and the back stairs really creeped him out. One night I went down the dreaded back stairwell to go to my car in the parking lot. When I looked up, one of the windows on the second floor had the light on. It looked like someone, or something, was standing in that window looking down at the parking lot. I couldn't see clearly, but it appeared as if they were wearing a deer mask or a horse mask. I was seriously creeped out, but I did what I had to do in my car and then started back to my apartment. My paranoia got the better of me, so at the first landing, I cut through the building to the front stairs. Still steep, but well lit, carpeted and straight up with no corners. In my head, I pictured running into that thing on the back stairs. A few weeks later, my roommate came home from work at about 10pm. It was a nice night and we had been wanting to be more active, so we decided to go for a walk on the nature trail nearby. On our way out, he decided to clean out his car in the back parking lot again down the dreaded back stairs. As we were getting to his car, I looked up at that same window. The light in the room wasn't on, but one in the room beyond was. This illuminated enough that I could see a silhouette of what appeared to be a person standing still just off centre of the window. I told my roommate about this, and about the last time. He was creeped out, but turned his head slowly up to the window. When he saw it too, he jumped back into his car to hurry up with the cleaning so we could get out of there. When he was done, we started walking fast to the side of the building which was like a dark alleyway, creepy in its own right, leading up to the front of the street. Just as we were about to pass out of sight of that window, the light came on, freaking the hell out of both of us and making us jump. It turns out it was just a clothing rack making the silhouette and the curtains tied into a knot in the centre making the elbow. We had a relieved laugh and went for our walk. That same night we went on the nature trail. There is a wide gravel path for bikes and such and there is a more natural path to the side. It being so late at night we opted for the bike path. As we were walking my roommate was getting creeped out with the dark and there was a light breeze blowing against us. The further along the path we got the wind blew against us harder and harder. We passed by a structure that looked like an old storm drain. He didn't know what it was and was getting scared. He said he felt some bad vibes and started suggesting that we go back. Then we came up to a bridge, halfway along the path. And this was when the wind was blowing its hardest. We decided to turn around there and as we started back, the wind completely died down. My roommate said it was like something was warning us not to keep going. It was eerie.
1: This is like an extreme version of the hat. Or the coat on the on the chair in the bedroom, isn't it? Being like the hat man. But it's like an, it's in someone else's house looking over you. It's really weird.
0: I love those stories where you're uh, convinced that there's something in your room or that you've seen something really scary and then there's a perfectly logical explanation. I remember that one we had recently of was it like the door banging or something holding on to the door and it turned out to be like something that was propped against the door. Like those stories are great because... Everybody can relate to them. Yes. Everybody. No matter who you are, no matter what you believe, you will have had a moment where you're like, oh God, I'm going to be eaten or I'm going to be possessed or I've just seen something really scary and then you feel really silly when you realise that it's actually something very normal.
1: I feel like this guy needs an award though because the amount of paranormal stuff he experienced on his picnic is probably (laughs) the most we've ever had in a story. Like he's black-eyed kids, aliens, and he still managed to get back to his picnic, which is fair play.
0: And before the potato salad got all weird and and mm,
1: nobody fizzy. likes that yeah. nobody likes fizzy potato salad that's mm. not
0: good that's not good it's very important i think i would be the same if i was on a paranormal picnic i'd be like look can we all just hold stop the abduction i want to have the potato salad i really like potato salad i just want to have it and then let's do whatever we need to do That's fine
1: I do think that is the only way you would cope with alien abduction is if they took you away from a picnic with, when there was some kind of food that you were really looking forward to and it took you away from that picnic. You'd be so raging about it that you wouldn't actually think about the fact you're being abducted. You'd just be concentrating on the fact that they're taking you away from that food stuff.
0: Or if they lured me away with a particular food stuff. Oh, yes. You know, if they said, I'm going to give you this particular thing, I'd be like, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not happy with it. I'm going against my will. But I'll still do it if you give me that Domino's pizza or whatever it is.
1: Just taking a slight turn, how scared would you be if you were in like a dark parking lot and you looked up and there was a man with a like goat's head on just staring at you?
0: Nah, fucking I'd shit myself.
1: (laughs) Like even in even at Halloween it would be well scary, right? And
0: even if you knew it was a real man, if you looked and you were like, Oh, that's my weird neighbour again, you'd (laughs) still be terrified.
1: I think I'd be more terrified if it was my neighbour and I knew that's what he regularly got up to. I'd be like, what the heck?
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find everything you need to know about us on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. You can submit your own spooky story to at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon if you so desire. Patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to a world of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you next week. Bye.